True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. I want to thank everybody today for uh, joining me for this podcast entitled, This Life is Only a Dream. And I have a special guest with me, and her name is Andrea, and Miss Fuller is from the beautiful part of California, Pacific Grove specifically, and she's been involved in marriage and family therapy for, well, quite a while. Andrea, how long? Oh, I've over 30 years. Wow. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So to, I don't believe it either. <laughs> so to say the least, you've had some uh, wonderful opportunity to um, sit, shall we say, at a 50-yard line and, and be in the midst of people's processing. And that's part of why I wanted to invite you here, especially on um, a really cool uh, series of questions that we talked about the other day. So I was wondering, Andre, if you wouldn't mind um, kind of outlining that for us. Absolutely. I'd like to begin with what started all of this to begin with. It's like one morning I woke up and I was very, very angry. And I don't feel anger like that ever. But I was so angry and I was having these dialogues in my head. And it was so strong that all of a sudden I went, ah, that's my ego talking. And it was so dramatic. This is the first time that I've had the visceral experience of the ego is not me. Wow. It was almost like it's talking to you, somebody else, separate. Right, right. It was absolutely amazing. So that was the beginning of my seeing the world completely differently. And I was grappling with the question of, what do you mean this life is just a dream? It's real. I can taste it, touch it, smell it. So I was grappling with that. How can it be a dream? When that night I was sound asleep in bed, and my dog ran into the bedroom, jumped up on the bed. Now, this woke me up. I thought it woke me up. But in <laughs> fact, I was still dreaming. Okay. <laughs> and he burrowed underneath the covers. Now, it was so real to me. I was positive he was under the covers. And then I woke up, but I didn't know that I woke up, Weston, because I didn't know I was still asleep. Yes, yes. And I looked under the covers, and he wasn't there. <laughs> and I was so sure that he was there that I, I wouldn't give up. I kept looking. I kept turning the covers down. I looked all around the bed. Where did he go? <laughs> I thought it was yes. And, and, and I finally said, okay, it must have been a dream, and I went back to sleep. Now I had another dream. I dreamed that I was sitting up in bed with my laptop on my lap, 
and I dreamed that I went to sleep. Okay. And in my dream, the laptop fell onto the floor and made a sound, and I thought I woke up. Okay. And I sat up in bed, and I saw the laptop on the floor, and then I woke up, but I didn't know I woke up because I didn't know I was still asleep. I thought I woke up with the sound on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I turned on the light. Now I'm really awake. Turned on the light, reached to pick up the laptop, and it wasn't there. Wow. And I thought, oh, my heavens. I was dreaming, and that's when it hit me. That's how this life can be a dream and feel so real. I think that is, of course, so beautiful for you to be so uh, clear and concise about something that sometimes happens to us, and we still remain, should we say, confused, or using your terms, not awake. And when we we think that this place this this inhabitation this embodiment is real of course we create that illusion and and it's really tough to discuss this because we want to fight for this is real versus that is real and of of course uh, getting in touch with should we call the the in between is uh, the opportunity of all opportunities where does this take us uh, andre and some of the questions that you have Oh, all kinds of questions. (laughs) Okay. When I dream at night, no matter how real the dream seems, I'm really in my bed. But where am I during this dream of being a human? It's an interesting thought because a lot of people... Uh, of course, in the idea that we all have an ego, and I want to get that out on the table because it's something we're going to be talking about um, throughout this conversation, it's that part of this that creates the identity. And if you really see this question, that's exactly what's coming forth now. There's a part of you that's wanting to, trying to identify or categorize uh, where I am. Am I in my body? Am I outside of my body? And these are... Um, beautiful questions on an earthly or physical level. However, in our divine self, there isn't a separation. So while we create the opportunity for us to be here in this space, and we'll call it this physical space, the reality is we're not separate from that which we are in terms of our place of origin. And when we speak of uh, leaving this embodiment and going back to our our state of origins, or sometimes people use the words heaven or other such um, categorizations of uh, our again our the light that that's all wonderful, but we've never been separate from that. And again, the only place the separation comes from this piece that's biological within the body called the ego. It's something that we don't understand that much. Um, but when we start to become aware that we aren't who we think that we are, which means male, female, and or these experiences or even these series of lifetimes that we've had, then it enables us to go even further. So let me answer the question with the following, that this idea that we are um, 
uh, outside of our, our physical being is is actually accurate. But we're not separate from that. We're never separate from that. It's only the body or the physical side that creates that idea of separation. Does that make sense? Yes. It absolutely makes sense. Yes. Good. Okay, so now, if... if okay, this is the the visualization I got, the, the, the picture that I got while you were talking. So we have the mind, and we have the split mind with the ego part that has created the fantasy of this as reality. Mm-hmm. And then we have the... Um, what a, the the Buddha mind, the infinite mind. Yes. Okay, the higher self, maybe. Right. Right. Then, if we're not separate, that would mean there's only one higher self, and that's why I can say we are one. Weston and I are one. It's simply the higher self seeing reality from a different perspective. Correct. And, and again, you couldn't have described that better. And I have shared this with you, Andrea, uh, in our years of knowing one another uh, and that of your family as well. But um, in, a, in addition to the idea that I'm male and the idea that you're female and we're our current age, respectively, and that these experiences constitutes, constitute who I am or who I think that I am, the reality is that what you'll remember most isn't my blue eyes or necessarily my name or that I was male. What you'll remember is the signature. And that signature um, is much more permanent than, you know, fingerprints and or the imprints of an iris in our eyes, etc. Um, that form of, quote, identification in terms of that vibration, that, that, that illumination is uh, unique and very specific to each individual, I'll use the term soul. Um, and, of course, by extension, that takes place in terms of each individual soul can have the opportunity, shall we say, the further identity to be male with these sets of um, fingerprints, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea that we're um, separate isn't true. And so what you just proposed, that you know, you and I are one, is why you hear language that way, um, especially when channeling. When you'll hear the, the terms we and the universal one, um, in the beginning for me, I didn't understand any of that um, because I wasn't exposed to that. But then in time, um, somehow, um, not necessarily to my physical self, these things began to make sense or I started to be able to integrate the state of oneness. And when we find that within ourselves, that we aren't separate from one another, and I'm speaking of just you and I or family trees or the community and the world at large, um, (laughs) our ability to create is completely altered instead of me having to do it through the individual of quote-unquote me. um, We start participating in what I would call a harmony of such, and it's it's a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, It's something generally that women tend to do best, meaning there's a collaboration uh, of energy that takes place within the feminine gender, uh, generally speaking, that's kind of cool. Um, Males really sometimes have to work at that, if at all, meaning a lot of times uh, males in this particular way are very much asleep. And now when I I say sleep, I want you to think of going to sleep at night, meaning they're just not awake to the fact that there is an ability to connect, and this is why they propel themselves so individualistically 
and even in, um, shall we say, uh, the wonderful example of the ego. And we have some current examples, and I'm not going to get into this politically, but we have some wonderful examples happening on the national stage or the international stage in terms of how ego is running amok. And these are opportunities for us individually to see and even collectively to ultimately create something different that we don't have to do this through uh, ideas of separation. Yes. Yes. Okay. This, 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 these realizations are absolutely changing how I see the world and how I move through it. Let's talk about that. In what way, Andrea? Well, <clears throat> I am now very exquisitely aware of every negative thought. Yes. Well, maybe not every negative thought. <laughs> but a lot more, right? <laughs> a lot more. Yes. And I'm aware of it in the moment. In the moment. Or, or a judgment thought. And I'm thinking, and I immediately think, oh, that's the ego. Because the other part of my mind wouldn't be thinking that way. Right. So it's... It, it's quite profound in the way that I go through each day. It is. And, you know, what you referenced, of course, is going to be in the moment versus um, allowing the mind to, to go outside of the moment, which it tends to do a lot of in terms, especially historically, about what happened to me, uh, quote unquote, me, the perceived me uh, yesterday or the day before, 20 years ago. 20 years ago by my mom, my dad, um, the world at large, then we regurgitate these things um, as in broken records to go round and round and round and to hold on to this, we'll call it false identity, and then it creates this illusion. And this illusion is, you know, I can't be in a personal relationship because, uh, and I'm going to fill in that with story, of course, always of the past. If we stay present and we negate that these pieces of who we think that we are are real, their experiences, sure, but they're not necessarily real, and then we allow ourselves to remain open, think of like a, a dry erase board that's completely clean, to create something different. And all we need to do is become further aligned in that that uh, moment and in terms of going forward. And then, of course, we have the opportunity to create a different kind of um, journey. So think of um, the moon orbiting around the Earth, and of course it's caught in the gravitational pull, and this is us being attached to our ego, going round and round and round uh, without necessarily much progress. I've often made the the parallel to watching the movie Rocky and Rocky 2 and Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 and Rocky 5, and at one point, how many versions of Rocky do we need to see before we understand that this is the same story with not much, um, shall we say, evolution or personal development or growth? When we, when we see that, that we're attached to something or we're going in a cyclic pattern, it's because of the ego. When we step away from that, then we suddenly we slingshot out of orbit, or the moon, shall we say, shoots off into a new direction that we get to create, um, shall we say, expanded. And oftentimes that's done outside of our personal experiences. And, and that's when we start slipping into something really, really cool. Now, you kind of mentioned this um, somewhat quickly but really coolly with your dream, because <laughs> how many of us have a dream that, that actually feels so real that we wake up having ourselves challenged is what I dreamed real, 
or is, am I still in a dream, or is this real? And that is something very, very profound. And for myself, um, I, I've always had some enormous challenge in that area way before I even became physically aware. Now, part of that is because I do talk in my dreams as an out loud, uh-huh. and I also do... Um, Sleepwalk, um, and that was a, a actually an issue or perceived problem in terms of my growing up. Today, though, I would say that's to my advantage, and what I mean by that is um, it enables me to be able to be separate from this "quote unquote" reality, separate in a positive way. That I, I'm participating in the state of oneness, coming back into this embodiment and trying to figure out what's real here. Um, for me, at times, is much more challenging than the other way around. The other side feels much more real there. Uh, my ability to uh, do this or do that or uh, do something that would be perceived as okay in the dream uh, state, like flying, that seems very real to me. And yet it's, it's frustrating to be in this state and realize that I can't um, participate in that way. But wow. that's neat, and then, of course, it's challenging because... Um, this modality or this uh, side of the fence seems to be, you know, pretty locked up with the idea that this is what we can do or what we can't do, um, based upon the ideas of separation that we continue to participate in. So it, it, this is a marvelous opportunity to to see how that we can uh, expand ourselves outside of the idea of who we think we are, and to shall we say get further aligned and uh, to slingshot out of our cyclic patterns to create something that would be different or unique or, um, of course, uh, very much in collaboration to what you've come here to do and what you've come here to experience and to create with others in that kind of way. And ultimately, I'll say this as well, quite simply, when we go into the state of collaboration, it's very easy for us to um, work together because (laughs) we're not trying to position ourselves. I'm not trying to to insert my idea as the idea ahead of you, Andrea, or you versus me because... We're not thinking those terms. We're thinking collaboratively, like, how can I further uh, our contribution doing whatever we're going to do together uh, and going forward in that state of oneness, in in the exact way that we're doing it right this moment. Yes. Well, okay, my head is spinning. (laughs) But but as you were talking, I realized we're calling it a dream, and yes, it's a dream, but it seemed to me more like... um, a virtual reality game, mm-hmm. and and you, you have the head thing or whatever it is that that makes you think you're in another reality. Mm-hmm. But we get to change the game, and when that when that analogy came to me, it's like, oh, I don't actually like the game that I'm playing. I think I'll play another game, sure. and I've made some substantial changes in my life. Well, tell us about that. In what way? Well, I was playing the game of I'd really like to move to be closer to my son, but I really can't afford it because I can't afford to quit working and 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 that, and that kind of a game. Sure, sure, and sure. Anyway, it would be such a big change, and all of a sudden I thought. I know exactly how I can make enough money to support myself well in any location that I happen to be in. And I can be any place I feel like being. And I'm I'm making the changes right now to make that move. Have you given consideration to what we're doing right now, Andrea? 
Ty, what do you mean? Maybe there's a whole bunch of people listening that might have need of your services, irregardless of where you quote-unquote live. Of course. So, this is a new expanse based upon the old paradigm, which meant that I had to stay here to offer my services. And so the idea that we're doing what we're doing together gives an opportunity for others to say, well, Andrea, could I talk to you about, you know, family issues and or marriage issues? And the question or the answer to that question would be, of course, yes. And it's not really important if you lived in the beautiful area of Monterey, California, versus um, some other part of, of the country. And you opening up to that is huge for you personally. And, of course, the universe slash the people who are listening who want and need those kinds of services, um, it doesn't bother them whether you live in Texas or South Dakota or uh, Kansas, right? I mean, we're, we slash the collective want to support that because we're not, we're not uh, thinking that as a perceived limitation because you have removed that limitation. So I want to be very personal with that because that's something really incredible when we make a paradigm shift such as you're making, it enables the whole universe, um, the angelic realm, uh, source, et cetera, to go, oh, finally, okay, she or he or is out of the way <laughs> so that we can finally give them what they've been asking for so repetitively. Um, that, 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 uh, think of it like from a parenting perspective where we have a, a child who's asked for something and we have the ability to offer them uh, what it is that they're asking for. And yet we want to do that in harmony to what we'll call the real ask. And, of course, Source is just <laughs> not kind of wanting to do that. Um, the instant that we have the thought, because, there, again, there's no separation, those things are made manifest. The only reason that these, those things retard or that they're limited or there's a delay of time is because of those beliefs, thoughts, or attributes of this game that you're playing or projecting that this can't happen. It's like, oh, okay, well, Andre doesn't believe that she can go from one side of the country to the other side of the country and participate in earning an, an income or that she has to do it all through her hands. Well, we'll understand that, but at one point her body will wear out, and at one point she'll have to realize that it doesn't have to be done exclusively through her, which means others can make that contribution um, in your behalf, even without you having to do something. And I'm not talking about welfare. And this is incredible because it, it enables you to go, oh, wow. And then if you see this, it becomes a point of leverage so that you can use this collaborative energy. And we, when I say use, I'm not talking about um, take, but participate in this beautiful way to do something that we couldn't do necessarily individually. individually. So it's, it's like uh, watching or and hearing and experiencing an orchestra literally coming together with the excitement that the one sound is profound, but then there's this collaboration of one, two, three, four sounds, and attributes of jazz as a musical um, medium is uh, probably the truest sense of musicians literally doing this on the fly. And this is without ego, because we can't. You know, it's not the piano player gets to lead or force that lead or the sax player playing this versus that. These things are done uh, at literally in the spur of the moment. And to do that well, as in really well, we have to be absent of um, having the idea that it's me, it's my turn, it's my band, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that goes away in the excitement of this, again, collaboration to do something that, well, for those of us who are drawn to do this, that really want to participate in this way. And this is why this life uh, is only a dream is 
I think, perfect as an analogy to your actual dream and also becoming aware that this thing, that the ego, and our physical senses that supports that, that this, my physical senses support that I'm in pain or the emotions that I've created historically that I still have today or even would project upon what would, would take place tomorrow is all going to be based upon my perception. But when we go beyond that, it's like, oh, okay, well, finally, you're going to step out of the reality, and maybe you want a different headset, or you want to um, participate as a different icon, then we have the ability to have access to this knowledge, divine knowledge, that goes out outside, of course, the individual me. And that's, <laughs> in my world, the most incredible thing that I've ever experienced, and still experiencing. Um, and, of course, want to share that uh, in terms of the, the direct ability to do that, but also that others can, uh, shall we say, step into that kind of knowledge or that kind of awareness within their own self. Yes. And what was really dramatic for me was, I, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't realize that I was playing a game of not enough and don't can't. Right. I didn't realize it. That was just, oh, reality to me. But it wasn't reality. The minute I did this shift, it was like, oh, I can do, I can, it opened everything up. It does. And isn't it interesting, ultimately, how simple it is? Yes. Meaning, yes. we can go into the further aspects of um, how this interrelates on higher levels, et cetera, et cetera, but the simplicity is that we literally are at one. Right. And, and really feeling that and then, quote, creating in that space enables us to um, have a fulfillment that is, is, again, I will use my words, uh, in an unspeakable kind of way that is just fantastic. It's, it's worthy of being able to grab my violin and be asked to participate with the orchestra. That's just uh, an incredible moment to join in in that state of oneness. Well, this, this just opens up all kinds of different ways of seeing everything. For example, when we... I do a lot of work with past life regression. Mm -hmm. And what this would mean is all of those so-called past lives or other lives are just a part of the same dream. <laughs> You're getting it good. <laughs> this is great. Wow. Wow. So once we wake up, we don't have to be in the dream anymore. We talked about this the other day, too, Andrea, but this is um, absolutely higher-level understanding from a spiritual perspective. And I, sometimes I tease that, you know, like going to college where we have one-on-one -on -one classes and two-on-one -on -one classes, and we have the four-on-one classes, which are senior-level classes, and we have the Ph.D.-level classes. And some of what we're getting into is certainly the, the higher aspects of uh, understanding. But it, it's really true that even our perception in a previous existence, when remembered, brought into this life, 
is, again, a perspective of film, things like a piece of film that I now have access to outside of my physical embodiment or something else I did. And I bring it here. My first thought was, why? Meaning, why am I accessing something that, if, if indeed this is true, um, why am I bringing that forth today? Well, instantly I became aware that there were some patterns, meaning I could see some patterns of my previous life or previous lives compared to this life. I was like, well, that's interesting. And why would I be continuing to, again, orbit around uh, the Earth as this moon or this gravitational object that's, that's held in this way? Uh, in this pattern, and of course, I realized that oh, <laughs> this is me for me to become aware that I'm not limited to this pattern. Now that I'm seeing a couple in a couple lives, and that could be a specific thing that I did, or some experiences that I did, or even personality as, as a whole. But it really opens up the door um, to further and greater understanding of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. But the point of that, and that's what you're bringing forth, is that we're not limited to um, this pattern. Of of the past, and if you take this forward, uh, specific to this concept that some people uh, might misinterpret in terms of karma, we're not doomed to the next life to having to repeat this again and again and again, unless that's my perspective or my desire to do that. So it's not like I'm uh, tethered to five more generations of me participating in this way. The moment that we become aware, it's like, oh, okay, I think that's complete. And with that, the the, the karmatic um, piece of thinking that I have to do that suddenly breaks and I'm, I'm off into another part of the universe, shall we say, discovering different kinds of things and, of course, contributing to different kinds of things. Andrea, how, how does this affect you and those that you want to facilitate or help? Oh, well, it, it's huge in terms of rising above the, the rut of I, I don't know how I don't know what words to say. Rising above, I don't have to do this anymore. Right. I don't have to be angry anymore. Uh, the people that I help, wow. You you know, therapists quote are not supposed to talk about things that are spiritual. But what I have found is that people are hungry for it. They want to see themselves as something bigger than the tiny little box that they think that they're in. Beautifully said. So, I'm Andrea, I have a question. Yes. Why now for you? Meaning this awareness, this spiritual awareness, this paradigm shift of paradigm shifts for you to uh, realize that this space, this life is only but a dream, um, just like all of us. Um, why now? Why now in your life? Do you have any thoughts to that? Yes, okay. I do. Okay. Uh, you don't have, have to I... share, by the way, if you want to, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Several years ago, um, I'm, I'm approaching my 80th birthday, mm-hmm. and several years ago, I set the intention of making these last years inside a body to be the, the best that I can be in terms of really comprehending that I am one with Source and becoming everything that that I can be while I'm still inside a body. Mm-hmm. 
And so I've been doing a lot of meditating, a lot of introspection, reading, studying. And primarily I think it's the intention. I want this. I want this understanding. So we could summarize with what you said, that you've asked for this understanding, and here you are at the receiving end, receiving the understanding that you've asked for. Yes. And isn't it interesting, too, in terms of this time of life? Meaning, it's easy, Andrea, um, for people who are maturing in whatever form that could be described for to grab the, the remote control of the TV and, shall we say, um, stay stuck or stay asleep, um, mesmerized by whatever's playing on the television or any other form, that would be the Internet as well, um, but not necessarily digging in and going further. And yet there's some part of you that says, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to complete this journey without um, becoming even further connected in this realm through this understanding. And, of course, lovingly, as we're doing here, it's, this, is, this could be done absent of anyone else knowing. And yet here you are through our collective desire to share this because it has profound effect on others of any age. Meaning, imagine, Andrea, having this thought that you have employed now and getting this at 30 or yeah. 29 or 22. I mean, this, this severely changes that person, let alone the world. It would change the world. It would change the world. Yes. Think what the world would be like <laughs> if everybody thought from the perspective of source, of yes. the one. Yeah. Instead of what we're literally experiencing in this particular moment, where we have this great, big, huge division, and the division is seen in you know, politics, if I can use that as a term of a perceived term, <laughs> but it's really the same division that we have within us, what's real and what's not. And instead of us thinking that we're separate, which is what we're seeing, again, take the country, uh, we see this within ourselves, and when that, when that changes, and it's interesting to me, uh, Andrea, you know, having looked at this for quite a while and certainly doing what I've done and continue to do, I find that our, our differences or our states of separation always, I shouldn't say always, almost always go away in the highest states of drama. Oh. So if somebody bombed um, or there was a tra tragic event that took place in uh, Monterey, California, regardless of color, regardless of the choice of experiences, re regardless of our historical past, et cetera, et cetera, suddenly all of that goes away in our desire to want to connect. And it happens outside of us necessarily even thinking about it. Now, I won't say that this is always true for everybody. There are people that are um, running away from 9-11 thinking only about themselves. But ultimately what you really see is all of these different, quote, classes of people, and again, perceptions of classes of people, being touched by something that's extremely dramatic as a means to, shall we say, awakening. And those experiences, are what, they're highly dramatic by themselves, of course, but they are portals of opportunity to become aware of how one we are. Now, we can go back into the illusion that I'm separate than you because I work on the top floor and you work on the bottom floor as a janitor, mop and, you know, the bathrooms, whatever that would be. But if, if we don't see it 
and categorize it that way. We really see ourselves in a state of oneness, I'll even suggest, outside of the idea that we have to do that, do that dramatically. It changes. Now, we have a long history in terms of human beings participating in drama as a means to become aware or to uh, throw us into an opportunity to, be, to become aware. And it seems that, that we have some more of that yet to create. Having stated that, I think it's important, at least as a, not, not just as a kind of a concept, but as an absolute roadmap to those who want to participate. It, our, our states of connection doesn't have to be done exclusively through drama. We can do that in times of peace, which is to say, um, I can connect with you outside the idea that we need to have a bomb go back off in the backyard for us to uh, say hello as neighbors. And this changes, (laughs) again, how we connect or um, how we create. Now, like I said, we can go in and out of that. We can wait to the next dramatic event to unite, or we can say, you know, no, this this aspect of our coming together is not kind of important. It's imperative. Mm -hmm. And when we do, then, of course, that becomes, quote, our reality. Um, And that state of unity is something that's seen actually outside of this realm. And this is why you see attributes of nature so perfectly interconnected. And then if you even take this world and you set it in the universe that we um, think to be real as well, it's perfectly in harmony as well. And if you see that, then there's got to be an understanding that something's going on here that's beyond, uh, quote-unquote, we're the only planet um, in this universe that has life, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> we, those are all ego-based thoughts. It's, it's very interesting. Right. So you've said so much But one of the things that I heard was, in times of high drama, we set aside the artificialities of, I'm a woman, you're a man, i am got white skin, you've got black skin. Those are just artificialities. Correct. They don't matter. Right. And we connect on, on the level that really, really matters. We, we, that's that's the golden opportunity. Um, almost always, uh, that state of connection is uh, instantaneous, where the plane's going down. Uh, we're not thinking about what's in our briefcase or how expensive my computer is or what kind of shoes I'm wearing. Um, we're thinking about literally participating as a group to get to the other side, uh, dramatically survive, if I can use that term. And, of course, we do this as a team effort. Now, we didn't come in as a team, meaning we didn't board the plane as, uh, you know, the ASU football team. We we boarded the plane as, quote-unquote, individuals, but in this dramatic moment, we become a team, and we're all dedicated instantly, without a coach, to uh, getting to the other side. And that means if you are having a challenge in the back of the plane because something happened to you, then someone else who's stronger, who can... Um, take care of that will quite literally lift you and carry you out of the plane. And those things aren't even thought about because we want to uh, aspect uh, participate in this heightened state of connection. And yet the cool part of that, from my perspective, is we can do that all the time. We don't have to wait for, um, you know, the worst of the worst of human tragedy to um, bond or come together. We can live every day as if we are one because we are. Indeed. Right. Well, th- then there's one more thought I had. Yeah. No, I have a lot. I have a lot more thoughts. <laughs> but this is, um, if this is only a dream, that means that we don't exist as bodies any more than Tinker was really in my bed under the covers. <laughs> that was no more real. My body is no more real than that. 
that's true. Is, is that, wow, that is mind-blowing. And we're practicing that again in today's society, especially with our evolution of technology. What do you mean? We are creating all of these social media platforms as a means to have an identity to what I, I'm going to show you what I ate for breakfast. This is the vacation that I'm taking. Uh, this is um, who I'm dating. I'm married. This is my child. And I say this lovingly, but truthfully, these are all attributes of this experience, of this, this, this human perspective. These things aren't wrong or bad, but they're not necessarily, quote, unquote, who we are. And at one point, we realize, especially the social media stars or the people who are movers and shakers in those events, when you get behind the scenes and really see that it's just like Hollywood, where all of this has been done, being done for production value, not necessarily as reality. These people don't necessarily live like that, and perhaps they're even grotesquely depressed, although you would think, based upon the outer appearances, that they're just happy and delightfully uh, connected. The truth is that they're not. So we're used Using this this technology as a means to connect, number one, but still doing it through this very um, interesting, I'll even call it barbaric, uh, means of uh, coming together. At one point, we won't need the technology, meaning we don't need to have a cell phone or the phone that we're having now to to co-create this this connection. We'll do it outside of the technology. And with that, we take another evolution, and uh, quite quite the bump, I may say, to come further engaged in the idea that we can collaborate at that kind of level. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot. It means that I can, in the same way that I have access to another country through technology. Uh, that could be, uh, again, a video FaceTiming somebody or a conversation or social media. Um, and all of these things have happened extremely rapidly and certainly in our lifetimes, Andrea. And this, at one point, will continue to evolve that we don't need to have the technology to create the unity that we're having. For example, Facebook is the only reason that Facebook is, uh, as a social media platform and others, is because it fulfills our need to connect. Why? Why is it that we have the desire to connect so strongly? Well, we've been that way since the day that the telephone got invented, that it enabled me to call my sister in Cincinnati when I live in Arizona, um, and the idea that I had a sister that lived there. And that form of connection creates that artificial bridge, and we're practicing through technology to get to something that's ultimately innate within us. As we do that individually, which is, um, in one sense, another step, we can go outside of this realm, which is something, of course, I've been practicing and use well in certain degrees, um, to connect outside of this realm to bring that knowledge or that information or that even that uh, awareness into this realm because we can. Um, there's no other reason, no other way to put that. But it's, it's very exciting to see that we're in this very exciting opportunity to become aware and to use our current states of awareness to further our connection instead of being separated. So even as at the moment, there's a lot of people, especially in the, well, the column from 35 and beneath, that are very, very dependent on these technologies as a means to connect. In essence, they've forgotten, or should we say, haven't been as, as exposed to how to connect on a true social level in the same way that, you know, we, we might greet one another uh, without our phones, Andre. That wouldn't be a problem for us. For other right. people, that would be a huge issue. And this is part of the, what I'll call a pendulum swing so that they can experience that, should we say, the drought of having to be so dependent to get a date on Tinder, and that's the only way that they can get it. 
as opposed to actually walking up to somebody and saying, hey, would you like to dance? Um, and the reason that technology is used in that way is it creates a buffer, uh, like a liaison to make it easier for someone to make the ask without necessarily getting tagged again in the perception that they're going to get hurt, which is, of course, ego or the separation of oneself. And when we say, I can't get hurt, and I don't need technology as a liaison piece to have interconnection with somebody, then we uh, offer ourselves in this more conjoined way outside of the borders of me being male, you being female, outside of the borders of we living in the two different states, Andrea, outside of the idea that we have different countries uh, emerging and coming together, and even outside of our physical realm, this realm, engaging with other quote-unquote worlds, of which we haven't done yet. And when that takes place, then we will uh, not see, should we say, this new race that's introduced to us outside of our perceived perception as, quote-unquote, the enemy. I mean, all every Hollywood movie that you see about aliens is always about how they're going to consume um, Earth. And <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's crazy to have that as a thought, but yet that's something that people still um, cling to because, of, again, it sells movie tickets. It, it excites the need to um, be engaged in a, a fear, fearful-based state. But the excitement yeah. of coming together in the state of oneness is what we're doing. We're using technology is a means to get further down that path, and yet we ultimately don't need it, and we don't have to do it through drama, which creates even, well, further opportunity of how fun this can actually be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes, uh, other planets, other universes, other dimensions. Well, oh, that that that's where I want to go. Then when this body dies, uh, what, I can go to the invisible, non-physical realm. There are non-physical beings that are as real or maybe more real than this body. And do they really help us? Do they? Do I really have non-physical beings that are supporting me in this physical world? The answer is yes, emphatically, in your choice to allow it, which means conscious choice and or unconscious choice. So this whole concept of returning to source... Yes is a matter of eons in terms of physical time. Lay that down for me one more time. Okay. I think that I have had millions of years of reincarnation. Okay. Now, that's just physical time. Sure. In, in reality, it all happens at the same time. Correct. There is no such thing as time. Correct. But then if there are non-physical beings that are assisting the physical beings, that would mean that they have not fully, completely returned to source. Or that is something that they're wanting to experience. Right, exactly. But when we actually all return to source, and my understanding is it won't happen until it all happens, mm -hmm. then will we not lose our separate sense of identity? Will we not 
Yes. Um, yes. Um, I, I think of... There's a, a, a great documentary that's called 20 Feet from Stardom, and it's a documentary about backup singers, some of the best backup singers in the world. And the point of this documentary is that 20 feet is the distance from where they sit or stand on stage um, to be seen in a completely different way as a front runner. But if you hear and listen to the spiritual aspects of that documentary, what you really get in touch with there is a desire by these quote-unquote backup singers to create a unity of one voice that's more important to them than being out front. If you hear what I'm trying to say, it means that they move into an egoless state. It doesn't really matter if they're standing 20 feet from stardom, which is in some people's perception the ultimate goal this is what we should do and they choose not to because there's a greater joy in becoming at one with this um with these uh, other voices that would be other backup singers the, the music at large of course the audience and of course whoever quote unquote is perceivingly in the lead in that particular moment now the lead singers who are aware know this, meaning they know that it's not just about them. They know that these wonderful, outstanding players who could easily come forth and grab the microphone in terms of being out in front choose not to do that based upon some, I'll call it, spiritual desire to collaborate. And that is an extraordinary attribute. And mostly it's done, again, through the feminine energy, regardless if that backup singer is male and or female. That there's a, a male singer in that way understands, and that's not a big deal for someone else to be in front, 20 feet in front, so that they can support that through this uh, joyful connection. When we do that with our uh, the, the, the components of our... Um, spiritual supporters, then it it having to be me in terms of being the one that's out front is a whole lot less important than participating with the collaboration. Um, and once someone becomes aware of this, the idea that me, the person, or me um, holding the mic, um, it's crazy because when I go to speak or when I go to share, it's never about me. It's always about something that's coming through me, and, and the, the backup singers that I'm referring to are um, should be in front, meaning they're, they're much more profound than my voice or my, my uh, trying to express is and ever could be. And yet there's a cooperation in terms of me allowing that to be a part of that. So the reality of us connecting to those spiritual energies in this realm is as encouraged as you would want it to be. Now, again, I answered the question that that kind of interconnection takes place if we're consciously desiring that. Again, be reminded, Andre, how you got to where you are in your 80th year, that there's some part of you that said, I really want to uh, further down this path and becoming aware. And because of that, boom, here you are being shown that life is only but a dream. And in that, (laughs) everything starts to click. And then in that understanding in this realm, it begins to extend to this other realm. So the opportunity to be, shall we say, assisted or collaborated or participating with the illusion of backup if I can still use that analogy uh, in reference to the spiritual entities that are supporting us in this realm, oh my goodness, it's so much more profound in terms of that kind of assistance um, than 
than anyone can possibly imagine. And I'm talking about people that really have a strong imagination. It is insane in terms of how much support there is. And all we have to do is open to it outside of the idea that it has to be done through the limitations of your mind or even perhaps even how you were uh, trained through your belief systems. It's an incredible opportunity to uh, extend yourself in a state of cooperation that is, in, well, out of this world. Well, that just gives me goosebumps because that takes me out of any concept of this individual is important or unique or do you know what I mean? I do. It's not me known as Andrea that has any importance whatsoever. It's the whole the wholeness. It's it's the entire band. It's not one performer. Exactly. It's, wow. That takes away any ego need to be seen or heard or, wow, Andrea's so smart. She's, it's, it takes that all away. Indeed. It's, it's, not, it's not about... Me, the perceived individual with blonde and blue eyes. Um, it's, it's that is. Uh, it has nothing to do with that, and that's why with many things that, that I have done and still do, I feel uncomfortable associating my name to that because it's not me. Meaning, I'm I'm a part of it. I do honor that, but but it's not me. Um, even though that's I'm seen as the front man or the person that is on stage. But if you look behind me, in terms of you look behind stage, in terms of twenty feet, um, that stage isn't big enough to literally show you um, the individual or the group that would be watching um, what kind of contribution is taking place in this collaboration, and that becomes the magic. And even more so, it isn't anything to do with the individual. It is if we allow it, the bigger purpose is coming through us. Agreed. Andrea, tell me, or slash us, why you feel so compelled to ask such a thought, be rewarded with the idea of becoming aware that you're not um, limited to your physical senses and or that embodiment and or your dreams. And, and tell me, um, you know, why this is so important to you now. Well, for a long time, I have really had a deep desire to be the catalyst for people to see that they are bigger and greater and more capable and competent than they think they are. And what I'm thinking and feeling right now is just that concept on a much bigger scale. If, if I just limit myself to what this one body can do, it's not enough. But if I expand and allow the cosmic consciousness, so to speak, to come through me, incredible, incredible results will follow. 
Did I answer your question? Perfectly. And do you understand that, Andrea, you're the one that has created this podcast? Um, I'm not sure what you mean, no. I'm 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 kind of like, wow, I'm <laughs> I can't think anymore. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. And and we are going to summarize in a half a moment here. Um, but I wanted to share with you that this catalyst of understanding in terms of something was taking place with you and I uh, most recently in the conversation that was during happening during a session, I just felt divinely inspired as a result of you to uh, ask you and even somewhat drag you here, because I hope that I didn't have to have to do that, but, but to invite you to do what we're doing today, because it is so valuable to me, the individual, and the perce- perceived idea that I am uh, separate than you, but so much more, more to uh, connect to this cosmic side of who we are, realizing that this is something that we can create together through a state of consciousness and in the state of openness, there is just so much to do, so much to create, so much to experience outside of the idea that it's just me, 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 me. And this uh, opportunity for us to step into that and to really feel that, to me, is is so exciting. And that's why I just felt so, uh, again, inspired by you, Andrea, through the questions that you were asking are asking again today to share with us and, and to have a, a great understanding of, of what we can be consciously in terms of our physical incarnation here, realizing that, you know, obviously we are powered by this battery pack called the, the, the body, which fuels um, the temporary existence of the mind slash the ego, and of course all of that's going to die. But what won't is this understanding, this truth, this um, this connection <laughs> that you, you and I and others who are listening to this podcast really found ourselves connected to and bound to for reasons that may sound funny or difficult to explain, and yet when we feel it and we move based upon that, it it literally accomplishes what you wanted to put forth, to change the perceptions of others, to offer a different kind of a path to a greater kind of an existence outside of this realm, fulfilling the needs of your clients, Andrea, who are wanting to have a spiritual connection when sometimes in therapy these things are said that we shouldn't talk about that. And yet there's a hunger, I mean a real, real hunger for individuals to become aware of who they are and how they're connecting with one another. Yes. Andrea, in, in every sense of the word, and I mean this having known you and uh, my wife and I for a long, long time, I'm so grateful to you, and I'm so grateful for your opportunity to participate in my life, let alone again in this, this contribution in this moment. So please allow me to express that. I thank you profusely, and you know the same is true for me. Thank you, Andrea. What a wonderful opportunity to share the space together. Yes, it is. I'm very grateful for it. Me too. <laughs> Thank you again. And and, and please, uh, let's have the opportunity to continue this path together. I love it. Me too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products, also my free newsletter. 
Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.